0: Good morning, everybody. Good to see you guys. Well, the title of our message today is "Face to Face," and and I tell you what, I, I really believe the Lord's laying it on my heart to um, really do some series in this as face to face, talking about just what God's doing in our life. You know, every week we take a few minutes at the end of the service to kind of uh, hear what God's been doing in our family of our church and what's going on and how we can pray for one another and stuff. And I think it's really important to to know uh, what God's doing and how we can pray for one another. And uh, that's always great Well many of y'all know I've been recovering We've got a praise of the day Man, look at that I don't have my my wing in a sling I'm playing guitar God is good Three and a half weeks in it And I just want to give the Lord uh, the praise for that And there was a lot of sleepless nights in there But finally when I started getting a real good night's sleep The Lord's got a way of nudging you If he's want to show you something Now you know I would listen to the Lord most any time Most any time Sometimes I get a little hard headed But you know I I listen a whole lot better After four o'clock in the morning But uh, this particular week I rolled over and the Lord had just set this particular situation on my heart. And he, and I, I sat on the side of the bed. I'm like, what, what's going on? I can always tell when God's kind of trying to nudge me or tell me something. And he laid on my heart that he wanted this uh, young man to come and share his testimony. I said, well, I know him. I know the family and all that. I'm not trying to get out of anything God was laying on my heart. But I just said, okay, I'll do that. So uh, I really was just talking to the God about that and stuff. And I knew that my buddy had been through a face-to-face encounter. Sometimes in life, there's things uh, that we think things are just going to be a certain way, right? We think our life should be a certain way, and then we get a curveball, and then we really see what we believe. We really uh, press into what we believe. And so today, with that nudge, I got to call my buddy David, and I called him, and I said, hey, I said, uh, can you get a hold of your brother? I figure he could. <laughs> I said, uh, you know, I said, the Lord that laid on, on my heart to." That, that you know maybe Charles has got a story to, to share with us, and uh, Charles identified this with me. He said he's the he's the best looking of the two, but I don't want to start <laughs> nothing. I don't want to start nothing. But well, that's amen, all right. Amen, amen, there, yeah. <laughs> that time out, still <laughs> <laughs> they might put me in there, man. They might put me in there. But isn't it good to have family you could joke with and love on and and count on? And I know this family is uh, one of those. And not only that, our church family. So uh, what, uh, what we're really going to do today is just really, uh, it's just going to be like sitting at home and, and talking to a friend today. And Charles is going to come in just a minute and, and share a few things that he went through not too long ago. And, and I tell you, I really appreciate that because, you know, sharing things from, from, you know, deep inside your life is not always an easy thing. But he's willing to do that, and uh, I'm so grateful for that. You know why he's willing to do that? Because he believes it's going to help somebody else. See, that's, that's the whole thing. You know, one of the things I always talk to people, I said, you might not know when you're going, but you can know where you're going. And that's been really the theme of our ministry, to make the most of every opportunity to share Jesus Christ with the world. And, you know, so today I just ask you guys to welcome my brother Charles. He's going to come up and share a few things with us. And we're just going to welcome him with the KTP. welcome. are going just come on up and uh, flip the microphone on there, brother. He's, got it. he's ready. Come on in, grab a seat. And uh, we, we just need it sitting in a timeout chair? Well, we're going to change it. That is the, that's the blessing chair.
1: You might need, <laughs> before, before the day's over, you might need two, two of these, one for him one for me. Yeah, we might
0: need it. Well, come on in. My, my.
1: my mama can probably keep us in line. <laughs> yes, indeed. That's good.
0: Hey, Tim, you know what? We'll go ahead and turn that down. Can we turn that down? If not, we'll to, have to get some sunblock there. I got some sunglasses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I want to, I want to I'll first give a little lead in to the story and then we'll, we'll pray and then, uh. Ask you guys to sit back and just uh, take in what God's going to share through our brother's testimony. Um known David for quite a while, and um, it's kind of neat that Mr. Bud had worked with my dad, Bud. You know, it's funny how God weaves families together, you know. And I knew I knew y'all's dad a long time before I knew y'all. And then when I met your mom, I said, well, I don't care about anybody else. She's great. You know? <laughs> I'm nervous, dude. I'm ready. <laughs> but what a wonderful family, you know. You know? And man, I tell you, it's, it's going to be great to just share a few things today. But Charles, a couple of years ago, was it a couple of years now?
1: Yep. About two years? Almost ago, two. Almost
0: two. You had, had a major heart attack situation come up, right? I do. He did. Well, I tell you what, he's in great shape now, and I'm going to go and pray for my brother, and we just jump right on in. All right, let's pray. Father God, I, I thank you so much for the life <coughs> you give. I thank you so much for the willingness of our brother, uh, for our families here, for the support that we get. Uh, from uh, our, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And Lord, I, I pray today that everything that's done and said is to bring glory and honor to you and draw people closer to your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, the, I said that I called David, and he said, well, I'll call him Robert, you know, and see, that's what." I'm. And I thought, well, I'll probably hear from him in a, in a day or two, you know. Eddie and I talked to Charles, and we, we talked about a few things, and he told me, he said, I'll tell you what, I promised my family and the Lord a long time ago. If there's anything or anything I can do something like this, I'll do it. Isn't that something? And I said, man, that's, that's great. A willing heart goes a long way, isn't it? A willing heart will go a long way. And so I'm going to turn it over to you. Maybe you can just give us a little backstory about you know growing up here and just setting the stage right on the yard again. I appreciate that.
1: Well, it's a pretty simple story to tell. I'm sitting pretty much in the middle of my backyard. Yeah. I grew up right here. On Forest Road, and I uh, spent most of my childhood in that church across the street. Yes. And uh, nowadays, when I jog, I run past because I didn't jog before. You see me jog when I was a younger man. There was somebody behind me with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so I was. I, I jog past the cemetery here across the street, and my great grandparents are buried right there. And I look at the flowers on the grave every time I ride by there and run by there. So I'm, I'm, I'm here. I grew up right here. My Granddaddy was a waterman. I grew up and learned from him. My my daddy worked on the Apollo space program. I grew up and learned from him. Um, I went to work in the shipyard because I couldn't figure out whether I wanted to be an airplane person or whether I wanted to be a commercial fishing person, and so I struck a deal. I kind of went to work on submarines and aircraft carriers in the middle. So you could you could pretty much throw a, a stone around my whole life right here on the on the lower end of the peninsula here, but um, simple fellow. Grew up, went to Pocahontas High School, went to uh, went to Thomas Nelson because it was the cheapest way to get an education, Amen. and uh, and uh, learned a lot there. Went to Old Dominion, and the shipyard was nice enough to have me as a career. And I started in the dry dock floor, rebuilding sanitary pumps, and you can imagine that was a great. <laughs> the Lord was trying to tell me something, <laughs> and uh, so and I worked my way up from there, and uh, and today I'm the chief engineer at Newport New Ship, Amen. and, um, but but through all of that, I learned a lot of lessons about avoiding ignorance, yeah. arrogance, and complacency, yeah. those three things were recurring themes in my life in mm-hmm. many ways, and, and I'd spent a lot of time of trying to teach others to avoid ignorance, yeah. arrogance, and complacency from a professional standpoint. Right because the business that we're in and the things that we do, uh, people's lives depend on the work that we do. You know, when you're in the North Atlantic in the middle of the winter time that tests depths on a nuclear submarine, if the guy who designed that ship was ignorant, arrogant, or complacent, Mother Nature's gonna tell you why, Lord will tap on your shoulder there, too. Absolutely. So I thought I was doing all the right things. I thought I was doing all the right things. I had a wonderful family, married, but childhood sweetheart on my life uh, couldn 't have asked for anything more, but in my own personal life, I had become all three of the things i had tried to teach other people not to be i 'd become ignorant of, uh, of god 's grace in many ways i 'd become a little bit arrogant about who I was and what I was doing, and i 'd become a fair amount complacent not just not just mentally and spiritually but physically too. At that point in my life, I was about 268 pounds and, and uh, out of shape, like I said. You see me running, there was a man behind me with a gun. <laughs> if I was running in the other direction, there was a man over there with a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, see how we get along, we so,
2: eat it off, just a little bit.
1: And so, you know, the day that I had my heart attack, that was September the 13th, 2014. I was, I was over in Surrey County working, working at a hunt club that I belong to with some friends, and uh, we got finished. I wasn't doing anything terribly physical, just doing yard work. And, uh, and I ate, stopped to eat lunch with a friend, and uh, I'll never forget what I had for lunch because I'll never have it again. <laughs> I had two hot dogs, a bag of chips, and even though I'm in a house of worship, I had a corona with a twist of lime. <laughs> and uh, I'll never eat hot dogs again. I started walking across the yard, and I felt a, just a terrible fatigue. I couldn't go much further, and I felt a little pain in my back between my shoulder blades. And uh, it wasn't really a, it wasn't a really stabbing pain. It was just kind of a dull ache. And um, when I was a young man, about 16, I, was, I experienced my father having a heart attack. And I'll, I'll let him share his story, but I, but I, was, no, I was no stranger to, to heart issues but if this wasn't this wasn't that because i'd always had the textbook version of a heart attack it was it hurts in your left arm it hurts in your neck it, you you uh you have this crushing feeling in your chest well when i grew up this wasn't your chest i've learned later on that it is um and so i sat down had a bottle of water and told myself that i wasn't having a heart attack couldn't be as an ignorant, arrogant, and complacency coming back again. And I, I told my buddy I wasn't feeling well, and he, he sat down with me for a minute, and you know, we, I, I started feeling a little better. So we decided we could get in the truck and go back to his house in Williamsburg. So we got in the truck and got on the ferry, and rode across the James River, we got to my vehicle, got in it, and drove home, and that pain just wouldn't go away. I came home, and I went in the house and took a shower and changed my clothes, laid down on the couch, I said, well, this is not anything serious, it's that hot dog. I get that on hot dog, And I for lunch. If I lay here for a little while, I'll feel better. I didn't feel any better. And uh, my family came home, and I got up, and I said, I'm going to drive myself over to the hospital. And this is where uh, my childhood sweetheart came in and taught me a little bit better. She, she's not a very forceful woman most of the time. But this particular day, she said, no, you're not gonna do that. You're either gonna dial 911 or somebody's gonna take you. And so, uh, young man who's gonna be my son-in-law this summer, who now knows more about me personally than he ever wanted to know. <laughs> <go, laughs> uh, decided, <laughs> that's a whole different story we could share, but uh, decided that, that he would drive me to the hospital, and he did, And uh, and so, I got to the hospital and they checked me out, and the lady says, "You know, you're probably you're a young fella, You're not even fifty yet. You don't smoke. You've eaten one or two hot dogs more than you should, but you're <laughs> probably not having a heart attack. But well, we're going to check you out just to make sure." So they did. They checked me out, and I was sitting in the hospital emergency room bed watching the ODU football game because my son goes to ODU. I was probably an ODU fan here somewhere. Uh, so <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. Got you, Mount Archer um, My son was at the ODU football game and I was watching the game trying to see if I could see him on TV, because he's over there going to school. And I thought everything was gonna be okay until the doctor walked in he said, you know what, Mr. Southall, you are having a heart attack. You're having one right now. And the minute he told me that, I became a passenger. I was, in, I was sitting in that ignorance, arrogance, and complacency driver's seat until the minute that man walked in, looked <laughs> me in the eye, and said, you know what? You're not okay. Mm. You thought you were okay. You thought you were all this, that, or the other thing. But you're not. You're not okay. And uh, I remember them calling a code blue or whatever they call. It. I code something or other. I code yellow, green, orange. I don't know. It wasn't good, was I was riding <laughs> at that point. No, sir. It wasn't good. And so I, that young man who now knows more about me than he should, I got him over to my bedside. And I said, get my family here. Mm. And He did. And my wife and daughter came from home, and my son, they sent word to get him home, and he got there as fast as he could. And as in his words, and you don't, if you know my son, he's a big, big old boy, he's a lot like his granddaddy, he's about 6'4, 250. He said, I got there, Dad, just in time to see him wheel your big old white self up the hall. <laughs> and uh, we've had a lot of talk about that since, but again, that's a whole different story. But the part of that, that that weighs on my heart more than anything else and, and really was the turning point in, in every bit of my story um, was the conversation that I had to have with my wife and that, <sighs> That young lady sitting there to her left. <clears throat> because I had to sit in that moment and tell my daughter the things that I wanted her to remember about me. <clears throat> and uh, I had to make sure that she didn't live her life living in a, looking in the rearview mirror about her dad. And I, I decided in that moment that the federal government can have their HIPAA laws and they can have their Privacy Act and they can have their information management and their social engineering or whatever it is they call it. But if I could help one individual any individual with my story one day ever that I was going to stand here and suck it up and I was going to tell that story because uh, I did a lot of things that brought me to that situation and the good Lord was gracious enough to tap me on the shoulder and say hey, you need to wake up and you need to start paying attention to the things you try to teach other people and apply those to your own life and um, and I got to thinking about a, a, a few things that really that really had brought me to be the person that I had become at that point. The first thing was a Bible that was given to me before I really knew anything about Bibles. This Bible was was the, belonged to my great great grandmother. She she was. She lived her life on Ridge Road here in Procosin. And in the front of this Bible, there's a passage, a passage, there's a sentence. Mm -hmm. that says, please give this Bible to Jean Forrest. I said, beautiful woman, sitting right there. And she said, it says, tell her to keep it for Charles Thomas, T-O-M-A-S-T. Well, that's not how you spell my name, but I know who she meant.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: She meant to give this Bible to me. And I never knew this lady. Knew she, but she knew me. And a little bit of my family history is here. And I occasionally refer to this Bible. I say occasionally, not occasionally enough. But I've always had it. And, and whether I was in high school, facing a difficult time, or whether I was in college, facing a difficult time, or whether I was in an airplane with my dad as he taught me to fly, and we were sliding over the cloud tops, seeing the Lord from above, or whether I was at sea on a fishing boat, watching the Gulf Stream move forth forward into the Labrador Current off of Hatteras, and big bluefin tuna sliding down the waves or whether I was looking through the periscope of a nuclear submarine at sea, or standing on the flight deck of an aircraft carrier at sea, this Bible's always been there. Mm -hmm. And it's always reminded me, and it reminded me that day, to pay attention. Mm -hmm. Because of the wonderful things that the Lord has given me over the years as a matter of grace that I just simply did not appreciate. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for me, uh, Caitlin and I, I've talked a lot about this since. And we're turning lemons into lemonade every single day.
2: Yeah.
1: And every day is extra credit for me.
0: I like that. Every day is every extra credit. Every day is extra credit.
1: I, I don't deserve the day I had yesterday, let alone the one I have today. And, and because a kind old woman on Ridge Road thought about me, and a friend of the family mm-hmm. called me, said, hey, I was thinking about you. It was really important for me to come and share a little bit of what I experienced so that someone else doesn't say, hey, I'm I'm okay. This can't be a heart attack. I think I can drive myself home. I can drive my big old confident self to the hospital. You know what? The Lord might be wanting you to dial 911. And so, um, I'm thankful. I'm thankful every day, whether I'm running and this this uh, amazing pastor rides by me and blows his oogle horn from his old truck <laughs> I'm like, go, And I go? scares the ever-loving bejesus out <laughs> of me. <laughs> or, or whether I'm dr- jogging past Mr. Holloway's house, admiring his yard and wishing mine could look like that. <laughs> um, That's your grandma. You know, I'm thankful for this town. I'm thankful for growing up a, you know, a quarter mile from this place. I'm thankful for my less good-looking brother. <laughs> and his son who got my looks somehow. <laughs> and the fact that we might sit in the dunce chair beside one another. But, but you can rest assured it's because of the grace of God and the, and the start that our parents gave us right here in this little pine thicket. In person, and and uh, and if I can share like, and help one person, uh, if I can give a little bit of praise to God and 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 uh, and thank Him for giving me that extra credit day, and long enough to stand on the beach in Florida this summer and give my little girl away, oh, it's worth every bit of it. So, that awesome. That's my story. It's yeah. a simple one, but it's a story. Well, I tell you, man, I, I appreciate y'all. I'll give him a hand there. That's what I mean, to do it. But Before you jump out I just want to say a
0: few things, and I still got a message that, uh, that, that really the Lord uh, put together through you in our conversation. I thought it was some great things. I, I asked Charles when I was on the phone. I asked a question that I ask all the time. And uh, I was waiting, and he was telling me a story, and I said, well, Brother, let me ask you a question. If things didn't turn out, like they did, where would you be? And it caught him off guard. He said, "I'd be in heaven. I'd be with the Lord." And I asked, "I said, why?" It's because I know the Lord. You see, a lot of times people think it's well, I'm a nice guy. I'm okay, and this and that and everything else. But it's because he knew the Lord. And he said, he told me, "So as a, as a young man, I, I I knew that I needed the Lord long time ago. Made that made that commitment with Christ. Don't ever think that God's going to leave you out in the cold because He doesn't." Even as a young man, calling on the name of Jesus, he told me this. He said, "Well, it, it was a crazy thing." He said, "During that time, there was peace." <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that when things were. There was yeah.
1: I well, I guess i had always thought that when you when you reached that point in your life when that was maybe the end of your life that that you would panic because throughout my whole life, when I found myself in in a situation I didn't expect that I couldn't control, I'm a little bit of a control freak.
0: We'll pray for him soon.
1: It it always it always caused stress. Stressful. So I I I don't know how natural it is, I assume that when you reach that point in your physical life that you'd be panicky a little bit. But I wasn't panicky. The only thing I was worried about was getting the word to my family to, to wait three days, throw dirt in my face, and move on. Mm. And why, mm. but, but I didn't, but when, it, when I was faced with that situation, where I didn't know that I was gonna, I didn't know I was gonna come downstairs after they took me upstairs to work on my heart, I realized that, you know what, you really are a passenger. And I calm and I calmed down and I wasn't I wasn't afraid. I wasn't worried, I wasn't scared, I had said my peace to my family, I knew that I had I had told them the way I felt about them. I knew what they felt about me, I knew what the Lord felt about me, I knew that it was in the the the, the power of God through the doctors that were taking care of me, and I just I just reached some I don't know, I can't explain it. I reached some sense of peace to the point where I was joking with the surgeon as he was putting stents in my heart, and I was watching it on the screen. I was asking him what those things were made out of because I was worried about them corroding in the hot <laughs> <dog. laughs> He and, just said, don't and, need any more hot dogs. And about that time, I did notice the anesthesiologist stick a needle of something in that IV, and I didn't care about anything anymore after <laughs> that. So I got a little chemical calm after yeah. the emotional calm. But yeah, I wasn't, I, no, I didn't. I wasn't panicky about it at all. I was prepared. That, that's amazing. Now, I like what he says.
0: He said, I was prepared. You know, every week that we come in here, we always try to bring people to a decision for Christ because we want them prepared. I guarantee that day when you left for the home club, you were not thinking anything probably about, well, I, would, I hope ODU wins, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's probably about the biggest thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it's amazing, but you know, each day, we so, so many of us, and, and I'm preaching to me first, like I said, we, we take a lot of things for granted. Mm-hmm. And so when we, when we have somebody, you know, uh, willing to share, this is amazing. Now, I want to talk a couple of other things. You said now, uh, you said you were going to start looking at your life a little bit different, different things, and, and, and spiritually and, and physically and mentally and stuff. Well, I, I'd see him come in the gym from time to time, and I hadn't seen him in a while, and I'd go, where's the rest of him?
2: Here's <laughs> the rest of them.
0: Man, this guy's really getting with the program. You know, it's doing good. Tell us a little bit about. Um, I think it was a year later. You you were able to do a few things and sent sent a little present back to the the people that helped you out there.
1: I did. I you know I was I was very fortunate um, when I got out of the. Maybe this was another. I, I have to believe it was another another little bit of grace in my life. But I was laying in the ICU thinking about what I was gonna do from that point forward because I wasn't gonna do what had gotten me there. Yeah. And, uh, and, a, and a little later on, these two ladies came from, from the Centera Cardiac Rehab Program. And I kinda of looked at them at first when they came through the door a little bit like door-to-door salespeople. Yeah. A little skepticism when they walked through the door. And this lady walked in and she and she, she walked up to my bedside and she said, you, you're gonna be in our program. Not do you want to be, would you like to be, let me tell you about, she said, you're gonna be in my program. I said, is that right? She said, yeah, you've got a ways to go for recovery and if you don't wanna be here again, you're gonna be, with, you need to spend some time with me. I said, yes ma'am, where do I sign? Because I don't wanna be here again. <laughs> And so I did, I signed up for this program and I became great friends with two or three of the the folks who ran the cardiac rehab program. And they would watch me on a, they would wire me up and watch me on exercise machines every day. And I told them when I went in there, I said, look, I'm I'm gonna be different when I come out of here than I was when I came in. And aside from one little emotional struggle I had with a rowing machine, I'll never get on the (laughs) rowing machine. I did. I started losing some weight, and uh, and I told him, I said, this was in this was in about September of 2014. I said, by the time I'm catching red drum on the eastern shore next spring, I'm going to be 185 pounds, and I'm going to run a 5K. The reason I said I was going to run a 5K is because my little girl promised to run it with me. Amen. She did. He had no motivation, it. didn't Yes, yeah, he did. And we and we. And I talked to them about that, and they said, "Sure, you can do that if you work at it." And so, a year that spring, I was I, I met my weight goal, and then not long after that, I ran a ten k on a Virginia Beach. And, Man, uh, isn't
0: that a praise? Isn't that something? And, and nobody I, was chasing you in the stuff. Nobody before. was chasing me, and it wasn't
1: anybody <laughs> at the finish line with a pizza. <laughs> That's a praise. I think one. there was somebody with a pizza, but I didn't. You can do it. And so, uh, when I got done with that race, I took the little the little bib that they give you with a number on it and I flipped it over and I wrote a note to them and I said, "I really, Caitlin's going to make fun of me for saying note because that's old fashioned <laughs> but, uh, but I wrote a, a little a few words to them thanking them and I sent them that in the mail and along with my, 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 uh, my bib and said, look I really appreciate the fact that you've made a difference in my life and they have and, uh, and so yeah yeah, it was a special thing, mm-hmm. nowadays I run about 20-25 miles a week in, uh, 20 or 20. Doesn't that I want y'all to hear this. Went
0: from hot dogs and and hanging out down to 180. That's like one of my legs. <laughs> <laughs> and, and did a 5k and a 10k. And I don't even know what to say, man. That guy's good, isn't he?
1: He is. He's, <laughs> awesome. he, he's blessing my knees because they need it right now. But I got a good man. Do you? Yeah. No, I, got
0: <laughs> I, I might just got need, two I might need that. I'm not sure how long I can yeah. keep this up. But. But, but, you know, isn't that amazing? But, but you had to make some hard choices, didn't you, about following what they laid out and everything else. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I tell you, you know, a lot of times we just think everything's on autopilot, I think. You know, yeah, I'll do that, and then we can kind of fall back out of there. But it's good to see, you know, that... That as God opens the door, you stick your foot in it, man. You just keep on going with that. Um, and, and you know, with, with that, I don't know. Maybe maybe somebody sitting here today, and maybe they don't have a, a heart problem. Maybe it's something totally different. But God can move in that just like He did in this. And I'm sure there were some days you wish like well, I wish that just didn't happen. But look at the things now. Let me ask you that: How do you view things? <laughs> how do you view where you were to where you are now with the heart attack? Was was could you,
1: could you say, kind of in a weird way, it was
0: a good thing the way the Lord worked it out, or what? It was a blessing. <laughs> it was an absolute blessing.
1: <laughs> is that Before, every, every day is another day. Right. Every day is extra credit. Wow. Every day was another day, and today, every day is extra credit. Man. I don't see another sunrise that I don't appreciate. You know? and, uh, and so, here in about a, here in about a week, my son and I will we'll spend a week together. We do every spring, and uh, I don't know how many more we're going to get to spend together because he's growing up and he's going to go his own way. But we'll we spend a week together every spring, going to the Gulf Stream to see the Lord work at the edge of the Gulf Stream the Labrador Current. Yeah, awesome. And when I, I I look at that sunrise in, in the east when I'm heading offshore, and uh, and I know I I don't go to church every Sunday like I should, um, but I. But I see God's hand in everything that I do and everywhere I go. And I see it just Mm -hmm. as much on the edge of the continental shelf as I do anywhere else. And it doesn't matter if I'm standing on the deck of a fishing boat or a carrier or looking through the periscope of a submarine on sea trials. It's there every time I go. That's
0: amazing because what happens is I think when we go through things and we see how God pulls us through it. He mentioned many, many things about God's grace. God's grace, God's grace. Let me tell you, we experience God's grace every day without heart attacks, don't we? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You ought to see what I eat in a week. I know this guy's great. You know? But I, I love it, you know. And, and you think about those things. But, but oh. what happens when we go through a tough time, it really helps us to put things in perspective. And so, you know, today I, I hope that you guys enjoyed that. We got a little bit more message I want to jump in. Uh, man, before he leaves today, give him a handshake and a hug and tell him how much you appreciate that. And I really appreciate you coming out today. Y'all put Thank your hands you. together. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, what a testimony. What a testimony in the Lord. That's awesome. I want to share a few things that I learned from Charles and what the Lord had for us. And I'm going to give me a drink of water and we'll jump on in. Everybody doing good so far? Did you turn me off, brother? Yeah. All right. We'll make it work. It's on. When Charles was talking to me on the phone, I said, you know, this man's come face to face with some big decisions. And I'm going to listen, and I'm going to learn from what he learned from, and I want to see how God's moving in this. Because even though if my situation is not identical, we're all going to come face-to-face face with something someday. And so I pray today that we come face-to-face face with the grace of God and the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So I'm going to pray, and we're going to jump on in. Lord, I thank you so much for my brother sharing today and each one here. And Father, I pray that you just move through this message to show us just how much grace you have for us how much forgiveness you have for us, and how much compassion and love you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: It's
0: it's really interesting because I didn't talk to Charles about what verse the Lord led me to or anything else. Look what what the Lord had up here in Philippians 4, 7, right? This is what he gave me. In the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. That's what he just shared. Isn't that amazing? When all that was going on, You tell me God's not putting this thing together. He's all over this message, man. When all that was going on, still the peace that passes all understanding. Let me me tell you how good God is. You know, a lot of times we we come to Christ and then we go through crisis and sometimes we walk away and everything else. I want to tell you, God doesn't walk away. God doesn't walk away in these times. A lot of times he doesn't work it out in the time frame that we like or the way that we like. I'm going to tell you what, God's still in control with me. And that's the blessing where you can lay back and, and just kind of see how he's moving. Now, I'm going to read a few things and jump on in here. Everybody doing good? Say amen. 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 Well, I want to kind of set the stage for the message here. Read a little bit about from Philippians. And it says, stand firm in the Lord. Man, we need to stand firm. When we do everything else, you don't know what else to do. Stand firm on the promises of God. Amen. We get that good footing. Then it says, Starting in verse six, it says, "Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus." And finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. And I thought about what Charles says, and I think about what many of us. Do every day, man. We got to get to work. We got to make a living. We got to do this. We got to get, get. Where's my 401k? I got to make sure this is going on here. I got to be here. I got to get this and everything else. But when everything kind of got down to where the rubber meets the road, he didn't. Ha- he didn't ask for a checkbook. Didn't ask what was the score at ODU game. Didn't ask. Hey, how much? How much vacation I got at the shipyard? Or I might have to take. He wanted his family. Let me tell you why. I know. In a, in a room this size, everybody's family is not perfect. I got a mirror at my house. I'm going to tell you what God's family is perfect. And guess what? He's even got you, room for you in there. Because we are made right by what Christ has done for us. He says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So you can't clean up enough, be smart enough, be pretty enough, all those things. It's about the grace of God. But I tell you, sometimes I think we need to evaluate. Maybe more than sometimes. Maybe on a regular basis, we need to evaluate <clears throat> what's really important. You know, the guys at work, I work with, they said, man, how's your 401k doing? I said, oh, I don't even look at the thing." you know? And I think that's great that we have those things, and I think we need wisdom, and I think we need to put back for, for things. I'm not saying that. And they said, well, what are you investing in? I said, I'm investing in things that bring eternal dividends. What do you mean? I said, Jesus. What are you talking about? In any chance I have to share about Christ and his grace and his love and his amazing forgiveness and compassion for us, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to tell you what. Because you don't have to go through some of these things just to share some of the great things. And I, I want to tell you today that, you know, when it's all about renewing our mind. The Bible says in Romans 12 to be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. By the word. Isn't it amazing the legacy and the impact that we have on our family and friends? His great, great, two great friends, grandmother. Now, she might have saw him as a baby, or maybe she didn't. She knew he was coming. I know the time frame was really right <coughs> early, right around then. He never, he never knew her. But she had the foresight to say, you know what? My baby's going to know the Lord. I'm going to give him something that never changes. Even though I'm gone, that word will never change. Isn't that amazing? See, what are we leaving behind for our family? You know? Just as at that age now, you know, it, it, it's not real cool to hug your dad. I still hug him anyway. I don't care. <laughs> and all the time I tell him I, I love you. He said, you tell me you love me all the time. I said, and it ain't changed. Thomas, I tell him all the time too. But you know what? He's, now that he's married off and, and has to share his life and everything, you know what? He even hugs me a little bit more now. And that something? Um, he softened up. Alexa, you done good. You know? It, it is, you know. You know, when I was going, you know, he's like, Pop, don't grab that, don't don't mess up your arm, pop don't do that. I was like, okay, you go ahead and do it. <laughs> when you get back from your vacation, someone we got to take the pool cover off.
2: <laughs> you know, that's good.
0: I'll be over there. Y'all need to get that over there. Right. The came, I'm on. You the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, what is it that I want my family to know? And I don't want to wait till the last minute because Many people don't get what he got. Many people don't know, right? But I want to pass on to them, one, you know what, that God loves you. And you know what, the most important decision you'll ever make in your life is to call on the name of Jesus. My boys came to the saving knowledge the Lord really early, five and six years old. I remember Thomas Thomas was like, man, he, he just, I, I need Jesus, right? And Jesse, he's always been the analytical one, like his mom. <clears throat> and we had talked about Jesus, and Jesse could repeat all these Bible verses and everything. Maybe he could just remember everything. And I said, well, just, you know, just because your pop's a preacher and stuff, that don't, that don't get you in. You've got to make that decision yourself. He said, I know. I said, well, do you think you want to ask the Lord in your heart? He said, how big is he? <laughs> so he was like, you know, so we've got to break that down. You know, how big is he? Because in church, we say a lot of things, you know, saved and sin and this, and, and everybody doesn't understand that. But the Bible says all have sinned and fall short in glory of glory to God. That means, you know what, we're all in the same condition. We're in a perfect place to call on the name of Jesus. And so, you know, I'm so, uh, and, and you know, he said, you know, dad, I'm gonna, uh, let's just go ahead and pray tonight. This was just years ago. He said, but we'll do that tomorrow. I said, okay. A lot of times you don't have tomorrow. I'm glad he did have tomorrow. And the next night we prayed. And he said, "Lord, come into my life. Forgive me my sin." Don't ever underestimate understanding that at a young age. Now, I don't know how old Charles was. I'm, I'm thinking maybe in his teens or whatever. But he he was very clear when I talked to him on the phone. Oh no, I remember. I remember that time, that day, that that situation. I believe, just like God says in His Word, train up in a child in the way they should go. As the only they want to part up from it. Train up a child. How are we doing training our children up? How are we doing that? You know. And I tell you, think about his great great grandmother setting the stage, moving the word out, giving them the foundation. You know, you can you can do a lot of stuff for your children and grandchildren. You can you know probably give them stocks and bonds and this that and everything else. And I'm sure that's a great start. But there is nothing that you can encourage them with better than the word of God. Amen. Let's keep on going. So we looked through here and I said, man, Lord, we just need to keep our mind on that. I know that when we're going through things, we got to keep our mind engaged on these things. Right? Whatever is, is excellent and praiseworthy, are we thanking the Lord? Well, I'm going to go right from what you shared with me. Arrogance. Ignorance. Excuse me. And I thought about a few things and, I, and I, this is what the Lord was showing me. I said, arrogance doesn't mean, doesn't have to mean we aren't wise. It's more about us not applying what we know. I knew as soon as I talked to Charles that that his IQ beat mine out. He didn't even put a period on the end of his sentence and all mine were all together, right? (laughs) But see, it wasn't wasn't about ignorance. When we think some people people are ignorant, oh, they just don't know. The problem is we do know and we don't act on it. That's what I'm saying. Not just him. Me, you. Look at the things that, that God has shown us in our life and we take for granted. I had a few other things, that I'm going to run through here. I'm going to watch the time. What has God shown you today that you need to apply? Maybe it's something from that testimony. Maybe it's something from the words that we read. Maybe it's something that you're thinking about. Man, how would I have responded if that was me? You
2: know?
0: Where would I go if I didn't make it through here? What's up? What's going on with that? What do I want to leave as a, a memory for my family? See, I don't want to start on my deathbed doing that. I want to invest in them guys now. All the time, when Thomas started playing music, two years old, I got him on the drum set. Hey, you want to play the drums? Well, yeah. You want cheat Cheeto? Play the drums. <laughs> go, let's go, go, let's keep going. You know. And I tell him, I said, "Be all you can be, man. Play everything you can play. Play the guitar. Play this. Play whatever. Try to put that in, in his life. Things like that. Because those are the things I knew about, right? See the difference on, on the starting out when when Jesse was born. Thomas Thomas was coming up under a, a, a guy that was not saved. That I got saved, and Jesse's always, known as dad as a preacher or, or being saved and things like that. So it's just that's what that's what my dad does. Thomas got to see the other stuff. My dad rock and rolls all night long. That's it, you know. Kiss him on the head at nine thirty. I'll see you at three o'clock in the morning. I'm gone. This is what I do. This is this is this is what I do. You know, we're going out and doing these things, all this stuff. But even at that point, I wanted him to know how much I cared about him. I wanted him to know so teaching them the drums and the guitar and all these things and investing in their life wasn't a bad thing. But man, when I got to know the Lord, none of that mattered. All I wanted is my my family to know Jesus. That's all I wanted. Everything else is is, is extra credit. See, that's the whole thing. You could teach them all types of stuff. they said, man, that's an amazing guy. Look at him play the drums. Look at him sing a song. Look at him do a little tap dance. And then they take their last breath, and then the preacher comes over and says, well, you know, did, did your love one know the Lord? I preach a lot of funerals, and they're not fun. But there's all the difference in the world knowing that somebody has made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life, and God's promises are that, you know what, I'll never leave you or forsake you, that you'll be with me today in paradise. Versus, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want you to leave today without knowing that Jesus Christ paid the price for your sin debt. Amen? So, what is it today that we need to apply? So, you get a lot of information. We can get information all, all the time, but do you apply that information in your life? Right? Let's keep on going. I said God freely gives us wisdom. Look at this verse there, and you write this down in your notes if you want for later. Proverbs two six: For the Lord grants wisdom; from His mouth come knowledge and understanding. And I wrote this down. I said the greatest key to wisdom is seeking the Lord for understanding. It's amazing. I went and spent some time with Miss Jones' husband, and I want to continue to lift him up, Mr. Pete's going through a lot of things. and They were telling me about him while I was at his bedside and we were sharing a few things, and Donnie was telling me about his dad. And I don't know all the background, but I'm gonna tell you what. What an amazing man to be uh, working on all these things that they shared. They talked about the hot rods that he's built and all these different things, and the blowers that he's done, and all this. I'm just going, wow, you know? But you know what? I guarantee it's because of one thing. He has passion for that. When you have passion for something, it's not work, man. This is not work for me. This I love preaching. Oh, I love, oh you want to take a day off? I will. Because i like listening to Angela preach. <laughs> but I love doing this. You know what I mean? It's not like a chore. It's not like, oh, man, I got to go. Man, I'm like, man, Sunday's coming. Put me in, coach. Because I'm passionate about that. What is it that God's put in your life that you're passionate about? Is it your family? Is it the Lord? Is it sharing your faith? Is it your work? There's got to be something. Is it flying? First time I met your dad, he came up for a big meeting and everything. He said, Bud's out coming over here. I said, oh man, Bud's out coming over here. Bud, he's on up the food chain. Man, Bud's coming in here. Then in there, you probably don't even remember. He coming in there, he talked about you guys. I said, I like this guy. Then he talked about flying. And the next thing your dad said is this. He said, look, I've been out here a long time. And he says, look, I know that a lot of stuff gets done out here, and I know most of it gets done around the coffee pot. So if I see you in taking a coffee break, I'm not going to think that you're thinking anything else but working on the job. I said, I like this guy. You know? Down to earth. Meeting people right where they were. Man. See, a lot of times we get... The ignorant kicks are well, this person's going to be like this, or that person's going to be like this, or this person's going to be like this. I was like, man, that's all right. But see, he knew it was about relationships. He knew it was about people. If you want to get things out of people, you've got to be able to be approachable. you got to be able to talk to them. you got to be able to have the open door thing. I'm going to tell you what, there's nobody has a wider door or an open door policy better than Jesus. Amen? Amen? He'll take you right where you are. Everybody doing good? Let's keep on rolling here. I'll get you out for it's so y'all be first in line of the buffet. Charles ain't going no hot dog.
2: <laughs> he talked
0: about arrogance. Man, I was taking notes, brother. When I was talking to you, I said, "Man, I got this is good stuff." I said, "Overconfidence can be a costly character trait." Anybody know anybody arrogant? Don't raise your hand. You know you do. Probably the guy looking in the mirror, right? But you know, I, I said, you know, I said, if, if we get so sure of ourselves. We don't leave, leave, leave a whole lot of room for God to work in our life, do we? We just keep edging him out, don't we? Ego, edging God out. We got, I know it, I got it. And this is something else I'm learning. From about 16, Dave, his, later, what, 15? Oh, Lord, hug him now. From about, from 16 to about 24, 23 and a half, I have got this sentence over and over. Hey, son, did you, I got it, Pop. I got it, Pop. I know, Pop. I got it, Pop. Okay. My job's easy. I must have done good because you know everything, right? But then my wife, the smart one in a relationship, just like you said, reminds me, she said, that sounds like you and your dad talking. <laughs> she said, that sounds just like you and Paul Paul. I said, yeah, yeah. I thought I did, but man, when I got like 28, see, time's come around sooner than I did. About 28, 30, 35, I said, man, my dad's amazing. That guy's smart. How did he know that was gonna happen? You know? Because he didn't, you know, when it was all saying I might have been born tonight, but I wasn't born last night. <laughs> he, he had seen a few things. And so I started listening more and appreciating more and things like that. So, young folks, listen to listen to some folks, man. I'll tell you what. They got a lot to share. And, and we can just be, we could be a mess, can't we? Let's keep on going. Now, here's a good one. I said, God puts others in your life for balance. Amen? Now, how many know that they say, what's the whole thing? Opposites attract. Isn't that something? I like things loud. My wife likes them low. I like things fast. She likes them slow. I don't know. Right that it
2: sounds like uh, <laughs> Dr. Seuss. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. Well, that tells you how far I went to school.
2: <laughs> My daddy's Dr. Seuss. <laughs> That's it. That's it.
0: Love them Kecoughtan warriors. <laughs> <back then. laughs> oh, yeah. There you go, John. Oh, yeah. What yeah. do you think about that? You think about maybe your wife or husband or brother. Or sister. I mean, usually totally different. But you don't see it at the beginning because they're beautiful. Man, I don't care. Yeah. I remember the first time I went to go see Denise's mom and dad. She said, oh, come on over here, baby. I said, yeah. She's combing my hair all back like that. Oh, you know that's another uneven right? Cut my hair, cut my dad on my my Billy Ray right down to nothing. she told me
2: to.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I don't remember that part, but I, I know there was a, See see, she was setting the stage, man. You know, she was getting all that. I'm thinking, isn't that amazing? But see, a lot of times we try to clean the fish before we catch them. She didn't. I was already caught, man. I said, whatever, shave it off. I don't care. Whatever, you know. But that's all right, man. But God puts people in your life for balance, you know? And and I tell you what 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 I hope that we can do is embrace other folks and what they bring to the table, you know? But ultimately, always line it up with what God has for you, amen? Let's keep on going. I said, more focus on God and less on self. Everybody say what? Amen. Man, I'm not talking about losing our identity. I'm really talking about finding our identity. Charles has shared stuff, and he's seen all these things. You know, he's been fishing and stuff. I haven't been much further than the wave pool at, at uh, water country. I don't get too far. When you don't swim, you don't get too far. If they take the Nimitz out, I'll go on that. You know, I don't go out on a lot of boats except Jimmy Jim needs some help. Y'all look back through the sermons and catalog, you can tell about that. But, you know. We, we get so overbearing on our own self, man. And I tell you what, when we get more focused on God, when you go through something like that, they He says, Man, there's not a sunrise that I don't appreciate. There's not a day that by. I bet you love when your girl texts you a little something, don't you? Yeah, we all do at any time. Man, that's nice. I'm teaching her about texting every day. Every day. That's good. We can do it. Abbreviations and stuff. Yeah, I don't that's know what it days. is. I'm thinking, that must be something good. But I get that, you know. But hey, I will. I want to throw this in here. I'm not a big texter, so I do the talk to text. If you get something totally crazy, miles gone. I have no idea what you just sent. And I look at it and go, "Oh my gosh, that came from your preacher. I didn't say that.
2: <laughs>
0: I said just love me through it. You know, you're talking on that thing, and, it goes, and you, you know, you can't text and drive, so you talk and text drive." Blah, 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 blah. And so I get stopped and I go, oh, that's not going to make any sense. That is not going to make any sense. And you know, and it's bad because sometimes you're talking to people and you're praying with people and you're just praying your heart out. And, and, and it'll come out like, you know, some crazy. Like, I hope they don't die. I mean,
2: what, I didn't say that, you know.
0: But you know what? The enemy will twist your words too long. That's why it's good to have that Bible open. That's why it's good to have that Bible. Open. Look at that word. And know that word, like we said, renew our minds with that. Let's take a look at this. It says, uh, in Matthew ten thirty nine, says, "If your first concern is to look after yourself, you'll never find yourself. But if you forget about yourself and look to me, you'll find both yourself and me." We think that Christianity is a bunch of rules do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. We think it's a big stop sign put around our neck, but really in reality it's really a yield sign. To yield our life to the Lord Jesus Christ and then he'll fill it up. I don't think anybody's ever come up short going to the Lord, have you? You know? And and man, if we could just get to the mode where we pray first once we're in the ditch, you know, that would be good too. But I'm going to tell you those nudges, those those small things that God's teaching and, and speaking to us all the time, don't just run through life in this, out, on that. All types of things God's teaching us. And I, and I, I put a Buddy Chapman Chapman uh, uh, little saying in here. I said, you know, so many times when we are just looking at ourselves and everything else, we don't get to see really who God's calling us to be. And I said, we don't lose our identity, but we really get to see more of who we are in Christ. I wrote a few notes down. And I said, not seeing yourself as God sees you is like driving with a foggy windshield. Anybody do that? Am I the only one who drive to work like this? Praying the whole way. Right? You only get a piece of the puzzle. Today, I, I, I pray that you get the fullness of God today through his word. Man, Jesus loves you because he loves you because he loves you. Isn't that amazing? Over and over again, we think we got to earn it. I talk to people all the time. One of the biggest phone calls I'll get each and every week, that people will beat themselves down. You don't have to raise your hand, and I'm not talking about you, but other folks comment, and we just we're rough on ourselves. man. Don't be. Celebrate what God has done in your life. Say hit one more thing, and get ready to wrap this up. He talked about being complacent. I said complacency can be a killer, man. It'll kill your dreams. It'll kill your opportunities. It'll kill your relationship. It'll hinder your walk with God. It's amazing. Charles was talking about you You had to make some decisions. I mean, he didn't just wake up at 180 pounds. He had to make some decisions about that each day. He still has to make some decisions about that. You're really preaching to me right now. You know, we have to make some of those decisions. If you want to grow in the Lord, you need to open the Bible. You need to pray more. You be, To be in that relationship. When you got a relationship with your wife, you just didn't tell her you love her on day one and never tell her again. She likes to hear that. I tell my wife all the time that. Don't. No. Why? Because it's important. Every surgery I've had, and I've had quite a few here lately, I said, maybe I fully believe that I'm coming out the other side on this, but just in case, Mm -hmm. I want to let y'all know, this is the deal. This is this, this is this, this is this, this is this, this is is everything else. But
2: I love it. I love it.
0: He said something I thought was amazing. I'm going to put it in my words. This is what I heard him say, he correct me if I'm wrong. He didn't want his baby girl living her life if her daddy died. Living her life looking through the rearview mirror. Translation from my dad, you can't plow backwards, son, if you're trying to move forward. He wanted to know everything. We're good. We're okay. I'm okay. I love you. Go and live your life. Man. That's freeing. When we give our life to Christ, he says, go and live your life. Live it for me. Right? Let me work through you in a mighty way so that other people will know who you are, and what you've done. Talking you Christ what he's done. I said, don't let life drift by. We can do that. You know, he talked about that a little bit before. He said, well, you know, another day was just another day. Right? What's the say? You know, you see people, hey, what's going on today? Oh, same old thing. Same old thing. Man, I want a takeaway from the day. You know? I want some gas mileage out of the day for Jesus. Amen? I mean, I'm, I want to do something amazing today. Because if today was my last day and that was it, they said, "What was he doing?" He was laughing. He was writing a new song. He was having fun. He was probably driving his wife crazy, right? Y'all I was supposed to say, "No, not him." <laughs> yeah, <there> yeah. <you> <laughs> Don't count on the home team, can't you? <laughs> yeah, that's it. But see, now it's great because my son lives down the street, and if I get in too much trouble, I can go hang out with him. That's good. Do you need to take anything to Thomas's out? Do you need to get a tool from over there? I'm really thankful to have my family so close by. But even more than that, in their physical location, I am so grateful to know that their spiritual location is intact. Not because they're my kids. Not because they're amazing or this or that. It's because they come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's why. That's it. That's the whole story. So I look at this and I said, you know what? How can I impact the lives around me, right? Around me for the, the kingdom of God. Let me ask you this. This week, if you just reel back, what have you done in your life that would draw somebody closer to Christ? What have you done in your life that would encourage somebody to know Jesus? What have you done in your life in the last seven days that people said, man, I know that person knows Jesus. I'm not talking about grabbing your Bible, hitting them behind the head. Maybe it's opening the door for somebody. Maybe it's encouraging somebody. Maybe it's picking up somebody's lunch tab. Maybe it's just listening to somebody. Maybe it's praying for somebody. Maybe it's forgiving somebody. Maybe it's forgiving the guy in the mirror. Man, that guy's rough, isn't he? Think about those things. There's something that we can do each day. So I want to hit you with this question. Did your day matter? We're only halfway through. At the end of the day, each day, this is something I did since I was ever when I was a little kid. When I go to sleep and I'm praying, I think about this. Maybe it's just me. What did I do with my day? What did I do with those grains of sand that went through that that hourglass? Did I do anything to help somebody? Did I do anything? Do my Does my family know how much I love them? Was I available for the Lord today? I, I kind of listen, look at that stuff, and go back. I'm gonna be honest with you. There's been times I get back out of bed and go, "Wow, I just lived my life for me today." Don't forgive me. Maybe I'll read a little bit more. Maybe maybe I'll send somebody a note or something like that. But I'm gonna tell you, I want each day to matter to you, huh? brother. I want each day to matter, not just for me, but for the kingdom of God. Because let me tell you, times are changing. Times are changing. You know, so many times I think we just, uh, we take the treasure that God's given us and bury it in the sand, man. Bury it in the sand. Can you say, what do you mean by that, man? The Lord's the difference maker. I'm gonna pick up the speed here. I said, the Lord makes all the difference. I said, he could take, take us from arrogance, To the confidence acquired Christ. Amen. He replaces arrogance with humbleness. He takes complacency and fills it with the compassion and motivation. I'm going to tell you what. I say this often because it's what I don't see too much. Man, this world does not have a lot of compassion. It really doesn't. And I'm going to wrap this up with a story I heard yesterday when I spent some time with my mom. I flipped through the TV and I heard this old guy preaching and he said... I'm going to leave you with a story. He said there was a man that came in to a barber shop. News was on the widescreen TV of all the things going on in the world. The man sat there and he read his Bible. And the barber was cutting his hair and didn't say much. And kept looking at the man and and said, you know, man, he doesn't, doesn't have much to say today. He got finished, and the man, the barber, couldn't contain himself anymore. He said, do you mean to tell me you believe that, that word? And the man said, yes, I do, wholeheartedly. So he said, have you watched everything on TV, sir? Yeah, I sure have. Do you see all the hate and discontent and everything in the world? Where's God at? Man with the Bible, I'm waiting, waiting for him to tell him, man, God the Bible told him this. and God with the Bible didn't say a word. Paid the man. Walked out the front door. And when he walked out the front door, he almost hit a man with the door with a long hair, scraggly beard. Not the prettiest thing you see. And he grabbed that long-haired man and he said, Would you come with me for one minute, sir? He said, Yeah. Now let me back up. The man even got to the point he said, I don't even believe there's a God. That's what the barber told him. I don't believe there's a God. And walked out. So that scraggly haired man, beard and everything, he said, Would you come with me? He walked him back in. He says, I don't believe you're a barber. barber said, what are you talking about? I just cut your hair. He said, I don't believe you're a barber. He said, this man right here got long hair and scraggly hair and a beard and everything else. He's right here on your front porch. And he said, well, he never asked me to take care of that for him. He never asked to come in. He never asked... Me to do what I do. He pointed to the TV. He says, that's the same with God. They've edged him out about everything. Does that mean that you're not a barber because you didn't go out there? Y'all got the story. That was a good word. What a great thing. He said, you know what? So many times people say, wow. Man, with all this evil in the world, where's God? I'll tell you where he is. He's on the throne. He's here. And we're, we're the church. We're his hands. We're his feet. But you know what? When you get the absence of God, what do you have? Evil. Amen? And that's just a little side note. Because you know what? We all can be complacent on how we do. But you know what? Just like I said before, face to face. There's going to be a time, and I pray that it's today, if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord in your life, that today's that day. You come face to face with the reality. And guess what? One of these days, unless the Lord comes back before then, you're going to take your last breath. I wrote a song a long time ago. It was called One Breath Away. He goes, one breath away, right? And it says, uh, and I always tell people, take a deep breath and tell me what you believe. I ask Charles, what happens if that was your last breath? He was assured, not because his job, where he grew up, not even because his grandmother was, a, a great-grandmother was an amazing lady, but she had foresight to give him the tools, to give him the map, give him the treasure. And the Lord drew on everyone's heart at a young age. Come to me. Be here today and you never called on the name of Jesus. Don't leave here today without that. It's a free gift to God. Why would you leave that on the table? Why? He'll take you right where you are. And what does he say? And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. you. Father God, I thank you today, and I thank you for my brother coming and sharing today what you've done in his life. But here's the truth of the matter, Lord. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a story. But the greatest story, the greatest truth that I could ever share with anybody in my life is this, that Jesus Christ is Lord. The Bible says there's one way to heaven. Jesus said, "I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to heaven but by me. It's not by doing good, being good. It's not even by owning a Bible. It's by calling on the name of Jesus. Just like that analogy the man said. You know what? You might be at the church door. You might be in the church. Anything else. But the question is, they're not going to ask you affiliation. They're going to ask you on that day, do you know Jesus? So if you're here and you say, I'm not sure. I mean, I know about Jesus, but what, what are you saying? Have you ever personally called on the name of Jesus? forgiveness of sin. We don't have the sin in part uh, to, to really uh, give us a hard time with. I think all of us know we fall short, right? The Bible tells us all, all fall short of the glory of God. But it says in the God's word, it says, but if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let me tell you, friends, today you can know. You can settle it today because you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. We don't know what the next hour's going to but what I need to do and pray this prayer with me from your heart. Dear Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin, Lord. Today, I believe you're the Son of God that takes away the sin of the world. Come into my life and forgive me. And God says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And you can know, you can rest assured, because God's words are tried and true. He doesn't waver. He's the same yesterday and today forever. Now, friends, I'm going to tell you, that doesn't mean you'll never have a bad day. That that, that doesn't mean that. But I tell you, what, you'll never go through it alone. God is more than enough. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Somebody give the Lord a hand clap. All right. Amen.